0: of a a feeling of demoralization amongst people in the industry. So there's not a lot of cross communication between people in other healthcare systems or in other facilities. And generally we find that a lot of healthcare recruiters feel kind of stuck in a rut. They feel like, you know, this is the market. The market is difficult to recruit in and we're gonna have to make do with what we have. And what I want to encourage you all today to do is really internally kind of step up to a new mindset that um, you are responsible for your own success in healthcare recruitment. And I know that sounds a bit cliche or a bit life coachy, but genuinely, from the the hundreds of recruiters that we've spoken to over the past year, the ones that are succeeding and are filling more positions are the ones that say we have control over our own destiny uh, in this difficult environment. So instead of looking outward and thinking about all the negatives which exist in the market, and don't get me wrong, there are dozens, Think about like what you can do to, to best succeed in that environment. And really, it all comes down to following through on things that you're shown or the new ideas that people share with you. I think that's the biggest separator between success and failure. It's once you learn something or once you're awoken to something, actually trying it out for a few months and not just keeping it up in your head as a good idea, but following through and making it happen. Is there anything you'd like to add to that, Patrick, from what you've came across?
1: Yeah, well, I was just gonna say, some of this is really just about human nature, right? It's uh, for all of us, it's often much, much easier to just do what we're comfortable doing and what we're familiar with. And we, as you mentioned, kind of get into a rut. Some of that is due to, like you say, being demoral demoralized a bit but also we really do just it's easy for us to get into habits and a bit of a rut and uh, forget about uh, maybe some of our passion we might have had when we started and our excitement and our being open-minded to trying something new and I think one of the consistent things we're seeing with those recruiters Adam that you mentioned that we're seeing that are really successful they seem to have uh, an attitude or an approach to let's try something different Right, instead of the the folks who just kind of say well we're doing it. we're working hard I don't really have time to think about something new so we'll just keep doing what we're doing, even though it's not working or it's working. Okay, but it could work, as you say, it maybe it could work 10% better.
0: yeah yeah so it's like complaining about indeed versus trying to find something to run alongside it right So, so. Whenever we think about candidate pools, we like to think much broader than just people who are looking for jobs. I think that's something which recruiters do limit themselves in. So big consumer corporations like Coca-Cola, for example, they're not only advertising, you know, at an ice cream stall or outside a cafe or even in a restaurant they're not just trying to reach thirsty people who are ready to buy a coke they're advertising the soccer games they're advertising at the super bowl they're getting their message out there to everybody so that whenever they get thirsty coke is in the back of their mind and Whenever you think of non-job board sourcing, that's the, the mentality that you need to have. The ROI isn't going to come immediately. So when Coke do Super Bowl ads, nobody goes on Amazon and orders 10 crates, but it, it implants something in the back of their mind so that whenever they're ready, they take action. So try and you know change your, your thought process so that, you're going for people who aren't necessarily ready now, but they will be in the future.
1: It seems to be working Um, for Coke, Really? Oh. (laughs) It seems to be working for Coke. And then my thought, my comment about that is my question is, how thirsty are the nurses out there? How thirsty are they for a new job, or at least to consider a new job?
0: Yeah, exactly. because we do some interviews for nurses. If you YouTube app, search Applechat on YouTube, you'll see some interviews. And a big thing amongst the nurses is word of mouth. Um, that's what they tell us. It's one of their top two sources whenever they look for a job. They look on the job boards and then they do word of mouth. And you can't really put words into people's mouths. But if you have this sort of, marketing going on in the background, it's gonna influence um, what nurses say about you whenever they ask each other about you. So another thing to think about is it's not really a binary. So I'm sure there's a lot of parents in here. I love whenever I'm on a Zoom call with clients, whenever their kid's running, <laughs> it's so funny. Um, <laughs> you know, Whenever you ask a kid, how are they feeling? They'll tell you they're happy or they're sad. They don't have a big vocabulary uh, but whenever they grow up you know we all have hundreds of emotions you know a kid wouldn't say I'm I'm feeling very nostalgic today mom or I'm a very pensive at the moment there's a there's a there's a wide scale of, of human emotions out there and job hunting is is a lot about emotions right it's a lot about how we feel about our employer, or more so, how our job makes us feel. Does it make us feel fulfilled or unfulfilled? Does it make us feel energetic or slumping down on the sofa at the end of the day? So, whenever we just focus on the the active candidate pool, we're only really getting that that tip of the Tip of the iceberg of emotions that is, you know, sign me up, I want a new job, and really, there's a lot, there's a lot more to it than that. There's, there's people who say it's going well here, but you know, I wonder what other options are out there. Maybe life would be better elsewhere. And if you want to win in this market, you really need to be capturing those people because everyone on this call has their jobs on Indeed and they're targeting this small tip of the iceberg, but in reality, it's much bigger, right, Patrick?
1: Yeah, I, I was gonna say, I, for one, am a person who gets comfortable where I am. So, and I, uh, even if things maybe aren't fabulous, I'm comfortable, so I don't tend to be looking for something new, but if someone, if I was over here in the happy enough here stage, and someone came to me with an offer or something interesting, I might pay attention to that and consider making a move at that point. And we're, we do hear that from nurses who uh, who are in that happy enough here stage, it's going well enough here. They're not at all looking at job boards. They, ha- they never look at job boards. But when we can get an opportunity in front of them and pique their interest, then they start thinking about it. And we've seen hospitals and seniors living organizations recruit nurses who are in that happy enough here stage and they pulled them over to uh to, further to sign me up and got them in the door
0: yeah and often it's not going to happen immediately you're not going to pull someone from it's going well the only thing is to an orientation in a couple of weeks right it's about yeah it's about being patient and the reason we're we're kind of showing you this initial part is it as filler but it's because Like the way you think about it is the most important part. I've been to conferences where people say you should be doing marketing and employer branding and you should be working on your website. And then they move on to the next thing. Everyone says yes. And then they move on to their next thing. They they move on to their jobs and say, I need to fill these. I can't think about that marketing airy-fairy stuff but it's, it's really important to think long-term in this because the nursing shortage isn't gonna go away next year. Even if you get much better at writing job ads, and increase candidate flow on Indeed, that's not a long-term fix and you need to be searching for long-term fixes. And that's what we're trying to do as an agency. You know, we, we feel sometimes in our campaigns, whenever we do that, we look at what went wrong, and we look at what new sourcing strategies we can use to fix it next time. So having said that, here are a few things that we've seen work and that we would highly recommend that you all do. So this is being recorded. You can watch it after or take notes or put questions in for for us to answer. Um, But we're gonna talk through some of the strategies that we've seen working quite well first one which we're seeing more and more is stories. So stories are great because two main reasons for me. Um, the first is they give an insight into the potential that a nurse could have with you. So whenever you, whenever you put up a picture of a nurse who has been there for six years and loves working with the team, that really brings to life the, the proposition of, you know, have a fulfilling career with us. And it, it lets the nurse looking at it put themselves in the shoes of the subject of the story. So whenever a nurse sees this, like they don't just see what Humber River Hospital has to offer nurses, but they see themselves in the photo. What's more, if you have a photo of multiple people, then if you're doing this on social media, if you're doing this on Facebook or Instagram or whatever, you can uh, you can press up and then put the name of the nurse and then they will see it, their friends will see it and it will distribute it to more people. So whether your marketing team handle the social media of your organization or you're able to yourselves, putting up stuff like this is excellent for You know, giving insight to to all parts of the community as to what you can do for nurses.
1: My comment about this one is another thing that
0: this hospital did oh.
1: Sorry, go ahead. (laughs) I was gonna say my comment about this one is that it's very digestible, right? So it's not complicated, it's not lengthy, it grabs your attention with the photo and then look, two paragraphs. You feel so much about that employee and that workplace in two paragraphs. It's, it really says a lot. And the other so it's easy for people to digest and read quickly as they're scrolling through and get their attention, but it's also easy for you, easier for the recruiter, easy for the organization to prepare this. This isn't a complicated interview writing an article. This is a quote. Uh, so and so really easy to to get out there and use in different formats, different platforms, and also easy for the, the viewer, the the target audience to digest. Mm.
0: Yeah, I think that's important, like easy to digest, because people, whenever you're sourcing outside of your Ports, people have other things on their minds rather than applying to your position, so, it's important to make it quick and snappy. Right. Um, probably the best way to get a story across and something that you all could start doing even tomorrow or today um, is using videos. And I think especially if, in, if you're in a smaller organization they can't afford to use agencies can't afford to spend big on job boards. The use of video on social media or your website is so powerful because it's free. Um, Also, if you're not a massive organization, you're gonna have less layers of marketing bureaucracy to stop you uploading content. Here's an example. So there's kind of two types of video that you could all Use. The first one is, it's more like if you have a marketing team, what they would produce. And that's the professionally put together interview style. So you can see this has been done with a, a professional camera. It's been edited with questions for the nurse. Um, and it's, it's kind of like a, a well put together production that that ties into their employer brand. As an aside to that, um, another way you can do things, so this is uh, a client that we work with, is more of a, a natural interview style video where you are sharing messages or you're sharing uh, a conversation with one of your nurses. So you can see here um, we have Gray with hair plugs and Teresa Fruftalis, Fabulous. And <laughs> they're just like sitting down having a chat over what looks like Zoom and talking about the the raffle prizes that they had there. There you can see, and you can see like this. this agency is putting up a lot of a lot of stuff. You've got you know members of the community and whenever they were younger, you've got nurses with crazy hair um, the value of this is that whenever a nurse is is thinking about um thinking about applying to somewhere, they're gonna be looking at the website or even not the social media and they will see videos like this and if they engage with that then their friends will see it so you can see here that this, this is a video, of one of the, the staff members. And if you look at this number here, 111 people were reached. And that number is important because on social media, if if you engage with something, if you like or comment on it, your friends will see it. and Nurses are friends of other nurses, obviously who used to work with them or, went to the same college as them. So by putting up content of your nurses, whenever they engage with their friends would start seeing it as well.
1: This really paints a picture about the culture of the organization, doesn't it? It's really pretty easy to see what the culture of this workplace is like from this Facebook page. That's, I think, a real benefit of using social media in this way. Yeah.
0: Um I think yeah, like whenever you think about sourcing outside of job boards, the the power is you can bring what you have to offer to life much more. So it's not just text and pay and the description, but you can show much more about it, as Patrick said, the the culture. So to recap. We, we recommend that you either speak to your marketing team or go yourselves onto your organization's social media pages, and that you share stories of your staff, and that you also use videos uh, like this one to share what your organization has to offer in a digestible way.
1: That's Maybe a really know- easy
0: way, and it's free. Oh yeah?
1: Yeah, so I was just gonna say maybe on that note, I know that in our audience, we have people from all types of organizations, some really big organizations, national organizations to smaller uh, uh, organizations with one facility that are local. And I'm sure some of those people are thinking, we don't have a marketing team or our marketing team is one guy or whatever the case may be. Um, Also, they may be thinking, I'd have no idea how to do videos or edit videos or post them. Probably there's someone in your organization who does know how. In fact, I promise you there is, (laughs) of course. And it might be an opportunity for someone to do a little bit, uh, take on a different task that they find interesting and maybe fun for them and contribute that way as well. So probably there's someone there if you ask around that could do uh, a simple video the way that in the format that Adam Demonstrated in the in the second example there so even if you don't have a huge marketing team or a huge marketing budget. There's a there are ways to do this again thinking outside the box, so to speak, to use the cliche and try something new Um, and again an opportunity for someone on your team to contribute in a different way as well.
0: Yeah, I think. um, if, If you don't have a marketing team. Think about that as somewhat of a good thing, it comes back to this mindset. So you could say, I don't have that, so I can't do it. Or you could say, you know, uh, marketing teams are gonna want control over the messaging that you put out. And if you work in a a large uh, health system that's got 200 facilities, like you're not gonna get access to their channels to put out interviews that you have with nurses in your office. If you're in a single site facility or just a just a handful of facilities, like you have the power to effect change in this way. You're able to, without your phone, take a video of a nurse, take a video of yourself talking about one of your positions and put it out there without being shackled stringent from guidelines, without having to get it approved by a director of digital. That's actually a good thing. And you only need a smartphone and I think everyone here has a smartphone you only need a smartphone and yourself to, to start doing this
1: that's a good point um, that's actually a positive it can be a positive to be part of a small organization of course good point
0: yeah um, it's it's about like to stop making excuses and try and find ways to to improve and get the message out there that's what the the final step of this is all about like having a strategy and actually following it so you want to have somebody who's responsible for creating more content for your organization creating it consistently and then measuring the success of it like these, these are the, the three things to making this content strategy work where somebody like has the the accountability for following it through. So they're told like this is what you do. We are entrusting this to you. They have to have a schedule for sharing. uh, sharing.
1: Adam, Adam, you've frozen up. I don't know if he's frozen up for other folks or just me. (laughs) There, you're back you're back okay
0: (laughs) okay sorry about that um no i was just saying for these three things you'll do it for a week and then it will trail off
1: yeah so and a schedule could be it doesn't have to be an overwhelming schedule right it could be depending on the size of your team or, or the the person's role who's doing it it could be let's post a video once a week or once a month or whatever the case may be whatever works uh, within your resources of the organization, right? But consistency is, is really an important part of it. We know that from uh, common practices in social media, right? I yep. also want to comment on the last bullet about measuring success. It doesn't sound like fun to have an evaluation plan built into your communication strategy, but uh, anyone that has uh, worked in creating a big project, has probably run into this and knows how important evaluation is in measuring success. And again, it doesn't need to be incredibly complicated. If you are in a bigger organization, you probably have the people who are specialists in evaluation that can build a plan at the beginning of a bigger project. But you can also simply, as Adam pointed out earlier, measure how many people looked at a post. Is that increasing? Is it decreasing? How many people are responding? And you can just track this on a simple spreadsheet so that you can look back and see what worked over the past year, for example. And most of you probably ask your candidates, how did you hear about us? So if people, if you're tracking that and people are telling you, well, I saw a Facebook post uh, that you did with Nurse Joan, for example, and her video, that's, wow, that's fantastic. If that's how they got in the door, you know right away that you had, well, that's a pretty successful campaign if you hired one person from Nurse Joan's one minute video. So measuring success is really important. It gives you uh, it gives you a guide for the future as well.
0: Yeah. I'm sure. And then you can take that to your managers and say, this is something we've seen working. Like, can we get more budget to, to make it work even more? Right. So I wanna I wanna share some extras that that we're trying out at the moment. Um, these are like the wild cards and some of those like sort of thinking outside of the box sourcing strategies. First one was uh, everyone we speak to spends maybe over a half their sourcing budget on Indeed. And we wanted to think about how can we squeeze the most value out of every cent that our clients are spending on Indeed. One of the things that's on Indeed, um, some of the candidates, you're able to see their names and you're able to see their locations if they've applied to your positions. And What we're doing, if they drop off, we have a recruiter whose Facebook profile is set up. and He's adding them on Facebook and he's trying to build a relationship them um, through that channel as well and what this does is while it might not make somebody who has um, who said no today say yes tomorrow it just brings that, that nurse into their network and they're going to start seeing the, the stuff that our recruiter puts out on Facebook and eventually whenever they want to make their next move they'll be thinking of us because we're consistently creating content around that so I know a lot of people in here feel a bit hard done by date because of price increases. That's the way to squeeze more value out of it by searching people's names on Facebook or even whenever you get emails and phone numbers, putting them into like a long-term marketing sequence strategy. Um, Another part of it, as I mentioned, is tagging people in the content that you put out so that friends will see it. And another thing you can do is you can build a group on Facebook. So we're trying this out in Phoenix, for example. Um, We're calling it Phoenix Nurses, where we're putting stuff in that group about being a nurse in Phoenix. And the strategy of that isn't work with one of the chats clients in phoenix that's not what the group's called the group's called phoenix nurses to provide value to nurses in that area to draw them in not to directly sell to them but to start making them aware of who runs the group and to start making them build a community but a community that's sort of wrapped in in our brand so that If we have a position, occasionally we'll make a video and post in that group and say, here's an opportunity in Phoenix. So if you're sitting in Cincinnati right now, it might be a good idea to go away and create a a Facebook group called Cincinnati Nurses and start inviting the nurses who work for you in there, start trying to get them to get their friends in there and try and grow that organically as well. Um, another, another idea that, that we're just going to launch tomorrow is if we have a group on Facebook and it's for applicants to the company, so for example, uh, Humber River Hospital applicants, we're, we're thinking maybe that will create a bit of buzz in there, we can invite people to go in there and ask people about the process. I'm not sure if that's going to work because it might generate some bad comments and might, might backfire. But like, we're always trying to have these ideas. Um, it's all about putting them out there, testing them with the market, see if they work and if they don't, that's fine. Anything you want to add, Patrick?
1: Yeah, I think, well, the, uh, building the community through a uh, Facebook group, for example, is really easy, isn't it? It doesn't take a lot of work. Ah, uh, you have to it has to be active. There has to be some value to it for people, but it's uh, it's something anyone can do. And it, almost everyone's on Facebook, and it's easy to create that and get people talking and um, communicating and learning about your organization. So I think that's that's a really valuable, valuable piece. I just mm-hmm. want to mention your piece about the top about uh, indeed, uh, and squeezing value out of Indeed, we just had a comment from Timothy that said, in the last month, Indeed has cost their nonprofit thousands, and they didn't see much results at all. And he comments that the bigger organizations have much bigger pockets, so that's that's one of those challenges with <laughs> for smaller organizations for sure. And Indeed is, does really have the sort of the corner mm. in the market, doesn't it? So I think your point, Adam, about how to squeeze value out of Indeed, but also. Looking at other ways to attract nurses instead of just relying on Indeed is going to have a lot of value, especially for the smaller organizations.
0: Yeah. Um, I think I think squeezing value is like a really good phrase. Because Yeah. Yeah, you, know, you can use Indeed um, the way everyone else uses already. You can try to hack Indeed and try to you know, invite everybody to apply it on that job and put people on it to actively source on it and like get every piece of value out of it. We're not really experts in Indeed, but um, there's definitely ways of, like searching people's names and spending time on it to invite people,
1: yeah. to
0: people that work out.
1: I also want to point out that um, Jan- Jan- so Janelle the, commented. the final piece we oh. <laughs> want to
0: cover really is Sorry. is hate. Um, oh, so I'm no <laughs> Patrick. You can you can continue, continue.
1: Okay, I just wanted to comment on, on Janelle's comment that she said that she has been using Facebook groups for healthcare and it works really really well. She says you brand yourself. Um uh, well sorry, I lost my spot on, on the as the chat message came in. but she's saying that it works really well and um, oh and she commented too that staffing has changed during the pandemic and across all verticals and authenticity is vital right now and and authenticity really comes through in Facebook uh, through the the some of the examples that you showed again of those organizations that, that are sharing videos and interesting interesting, uh, tidbits about their organization and about their family. Thanks, Janelle, for that. Did you want to continue, Adam, with what, or are you frozen? I can't tell. Maybe we lost. Oh, I think we lost Adam. Hopefully. Oh, there he is. I can see him. Oh, there you go. Yeah, back. I'm back. Okay, Sorry, great. I think my okay, internet's a bit unstable today. Okay. Okay. I'm not sure why. While you're getting reconfigured, there, I'll just comment. It Timothy, who commented about Indeed, also commented that um, he's been trying using technical colleges, and we talked. We heard about that a couple of weeks ago in uh, our last uh, webinar of using educational partnerships with technical colleges and nursing colleges. Um, to attract to teach them about your organization and start building partnerships early. Timothy says it's free and you'll you will get quality candidates from that. Thanks, Timothy, as well for that. Okay, Adam, how's your how's your system working now?
0: Yeah, I think it's good. Um, okay. If I break up, just to take over Patrick and I'll leave.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Uh,
0: I just want to I want to cover one more thing for everybody. Um, and that's paid advertising. So we get most of our candidates through paying uh, sites like YouTube or Facebook or Instagram for candidates. So we create ads on those channels, candidates click them and then we call them. It's it's a pretty simple process. If you wanna learn more about that, I'm gonna post in uh, a link and you can see another webinar where we talk about our best strategy for doing that with more passive candidates, which is through an online event. Um, The way it works is there's a lot of passive candidates who are swimming about, they're not ready to apply to position, but they're open to having a conversation with uh, a recruiter. the purpose of the online event, you can see here, is to capture that attention, make sure they're interested, and then get them in front of someone at your organization uh, to learn more about the position and then potentially move them on to the hiring manager or even have the hiring manager on that call. So, if you want to learn more about it, you can watch the video here or you can click this button to arrange a call with me and I can show you exactly how it works and why it works. So feel free to do that. What we're gonna do now is answer a few more questions and um, take advantage of the fact that there's uh, 53, 54 healthcare talent acquisition professionals on this call. It doesn't really happen a lot that you get people from different organizations across the country in one space. So feel free to comment in the chat with questions in, and uh, we can have uh, an open discussion. Uh, Patrick, did you have any more questions that that were asked before the call or
1: during the call? I see a couple of people have commented that they are using LinkedIn instead of Indeed, or maybe in addition to Indeed, uh, but they're saying that LinkedIn is working really well for them, of course, in terms of cost, uh, much better, and also getting prof- professional candidates. So that's working well for people, That which is great to have that other platform. Um, one of the things I wanted to mention further to your your presentation, Adam, about creating the content and the videos and the posts is that those, everything you create can be used on your different platforms. It doesn't, it's not, you're not just creating something for Facebook. As you mentioned, it can be put on a YouTube channel, Instagram, Twitter, whatever, on your website, whatever platforms you have, you can use, you can create one video and use it across multiple platforms if you choose to, right? So there's a lot of value in in the content you're, you're creating. Um, Krista, no, Janelle again commented that uh, she's using Clubhouse. So I don't know about everyone else. I just heard about Clubhouse last week, and I haven't even had time to look into it. I, I actually thought, I was told it's only on Apple, which is maybe one reason why I didn't run to figure it out, because I don't have an, an Apple phone. But uh, Janelle is saying that Clubhouse is now on Android. And when I Google it, for people who don't know what Clubhouse is, it's a, it's an audio um, well, it's called. <laughs> they're calling it a drop-in audio chat. So they're groups where you actually have audio connections. And I hope I'm connect- I'm explaining that in a way that makes some sense for people. I don't know enough about it to speak to it, but I just wanted to mention it here. It's something new that's coming, Adam. If you know something about that, feel free to p- to pitch in as well. Um,
0: um, <laughs> no, I'm an Android player. Okay. I don't have it, unfortunately.
1: So there we go, we're gonna look into something new. Um, uh, yes, and Janelle says it's like podcasts, so, but it's live, so you're actually, people can, I think, sign up in advance, join a group, and actually you can either have, uh, what the way it was described to me is that you can either have a group discussion or you can have Adam and Patrick sitting there talking and other people listening in like we're doing today, and then a group audio discussion as well as part of it. That's how I understand. So that might be something new to explore. Think we should do that, and maybe others want to do that as well. Hmm. Um, Chris is commenting that she's running into problems with Indeed and their ATS. They, for some reason, it started or stopped pulling out jobs properly from their ATS, and she's wondering if anyone else has seen that. I haven't heard it, Adam. I don't know about you, and others can comment in the uh, the group if they they have comments about that. Another comment question I had when we're talking about posting on social media is how much is too much um, it's all I think the concern is almost about like spamming people if they if we, if you people are posting too much on social media. I don't know Adam, what do you think about that?
0: Um, I don't, I don't think so I think if you've got something valuable to share, like you shouldn't really put an arbitrary limit on it just as long as you're not posting pictures of what your team had to eat for lunch every day like as right. long as as long as it's valuable content then don't really put a block in it the block should only really be what your resources are you know don't be addicted to posting stuff it should be how much time and energy you have um, maintaining the, the quality of it along the way.
1: The, the quality, the value, and the, and the relevancy here as Janelle commented on relevancy. And it is different than just emailing someone's inbox constantly, right? When it would drive people crazy.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: so Adam, there might not be-
0: I wouldn't see it every time.
1: Yeah, okay, there might not be a real specific answer to this question, but Timothy says, how often should we post a message on LinkedIn when we're hiring an LPN or nursing director? Should it be daily or weekly, for example? What do you think?
0: Hmm. Is that, Timothy, is that like a post on the company page or personal page? It's not like a job posting? because like on Indeed, we've been experimenting with uh, a couple of things. So I was speaking to a nurse last week and she said, if it says new posting on the job, it it catches her eye, catches her eye. So what we've been doing is, I don't know if this is a good idea or not, but we've been uh, cutting jobs after five days and then uploading them with a new headline, like a new title and then it gets the new, and it also has a different title, which is kind of a different type of eye-catching. Okay. Uh, we're posting on, indeed, like, manually, so we're not doing it through an ATS. Um, we find that if we put a headline that is a bit left of field, so that asks a question in the headline or just has, like, bonus, Amount do you want to question mark? Okay, it breaks the pattern and it makes people more interested than they would have been. For the to answer your question, um for the I'm not like extremely familiar with for the hiring account company page. I think Timothy, if you are advertising the job in different ways. So if you have the job on the first day and then on the third day you have a video of somebody talking about the job and then on the fifth day you have a picture about the position. If somebody sees that each day, it's kind of telling them a story. And it's, it's I don't know, it's it's different than them to seeing the same thing each day because that's monotonous and boring. So, if you're doing frequently at least make it different each time so whenever we do our ads on social media we would have to change them usually once a week because like the nurses just get bored of seeing it on their feed and often whenever we change it even though it's the same audience we'll get a new group of candidates because it's just taken them a little longer to become interested in it
1: right Okay, the other comment uh, that came up and it was also, we talked about this uh, I think a couple of weeks ago as well and it was touched on today briefly is the nurse ambassador idea. And that can be, you mentioned employee referrals of course, bringing their friends in because it's a great place to work but there could also be a more formal nurse ambassador program as well. That's working well for some organizations as a a way to get to people who are connected with other nurses. So that's an idea that people can uh, explore if they haven't done that already. And I'm just gonna put, oh, Adam put back into the chat the link again for that, uh, back to the page about the um, virtual events. So have a look at that as well, uh, either now or after our presentation today. And, oh, Krista just commented that when she has a specialty job, then she is likely to, she usually posts more regularly to get the attention of that job out there as opposed to um, a more general nurse job, for example. Thanks, Krista Thank for that comment. So we are getting close to the top of the hour, but we can still get some more mes- uh, some more questions in if people have them, so feel free to, to keep them coming. Um, I'm going to again post the link to our new Facebook Group the nurse recruitments Facebook group, which is something we're trying to create a community as well. So feel free to join that as well if you haven't already. So that's in the chat there now as well. And Adam, any other comments uh, while we see if any more questions pop in in the last few minutes?
0: I think um, the we're going to share the presentation after of this and. The most important parts, just to reiterate, are the the first, sort of, these three. Um, Because you can go on Google and you can search a lot of the stuff that we went over in the second part. Like, you can search how to make videos, how to share stories, how to engage people on social media. The most important bit is actually taking action on it. And that's where you need to get your, your mindset in check um Really reconsider who is my candidate pool. Oh, is it the small percent who are looking for a position, or is it every qualified nurse who's suitable for it in the area? That so that's the shift that needs to take place to to really like kind
1: of level up your recruitment. I think. Um, okay, great. Can you yeah. hear? Can you hear me, Adam? Because I just had uh, something happen to my sound. Okay, great. Good. (laughs) Sorry about that. Okay, good. So I'm also going to post again my LinkedIn uh, profile. So if you can connect with me and we'll make sure we get you invited to our future upcoming events. We will share the recording of this video afterwards as well. And if you don't get it for some reason, please send us a message and we'll make sure you do get it. Um, hopefully people found that useful and helpful. The other thing is the recording, feel free to share that with uh, any colleagues as well that uh, might have an interest in it uh, also. So, uh, Adam, last comments? Um, no more questions. That's all. just, right uh,
0: yeah, check out the event page on LinkedIn for the for the recording and we'll send it to you with the slides. Um, send public a message if you, You want to learn more about what we do or if you want to ask us anything we're we're here to help you
1: great yes thank you thanks to everyone for joining and sharing your questions and comments and uh, we look forward to we'll announce soon what our next webinar topic will be probably in two weeks so stay tuned for that and we hope to see many of you back for that as well and good luck with recruitment as you move forward into the weekend good luck thanks Thanks everyone Bye. Bye. -bye.